which will feature a guest host named Thomas. Thomas, Thomas Sawyer. Thomas Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, what's going on? <laughs> That's got to be the, this has to be one of the most recognizable intros to a song. I mean, when you hear it, you instantly recognize yeah. this song. Yeah. Yeah, it should really be more of a football song, too. But, bam. Probably, pro- probably is in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Canadian football song. All right. <clears throat> you ready? Uh, yes. Not sure if I'm ready. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to Season 2 of Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am one of your hosts, Jason. Joining me is my co-host, a modern-day warrior, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Weekend warrior, how about that? Uh, What's going on? (laughs) Doing good, man. We are uh, actually... Just about ready to finish up our sponsorship with HalloweenCostumes.com. Do want to remind you that we are sponsored by them. They got the largest online selections selection of Halloween costumes. Did you know they also have yard decorations, Eric? Do they so really? If you're wanting to, oh. Yeah, we're getting late in the game here. But if you still want to try to spook up your yard for the big night, I would suggest the 8-foot Michael Myers inflatable. Oh, my gosh. In there. Are you serious? The perfect size to, you know, greet your trick-or-treaters. But maybe you want to talk, you, you want to be the talk of the neighborhood. Go with the 15-foot Michael Myers inflatable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or, you know, maybe you want your yard to be up for yard of the whole city. Then you go for the 25-foot inflatable Michael Myers for your yard. You're joking. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. You can find it there at, at HalloweenCostumes.com. And, of course, you can save 15% off your tire order just by clicking uh, our promo link in the show notes. But, again, we are just days away from Halloween. You'll probably have to get it overnighted if you want to get it there for the big Man, night. But I wish I'd known still they had available. Yard, yard stuff. I would have bought my gravestones there. There you go. Man. Man, all kinds of stuff there, man. So that is... Uh, well, you'll hear me one more time before we do it. We got one more episode coming up on <laughs> Halloween Day. But uh, I want to thank them again for sponsoring us during the spooky season. It's been really fun. Yep. And we are now continuing our season two list of our top 25 guitar solos of the 80s. The opening track from 19, the 1981 album Moving Pictures is our number six pick. It is Tom Sawyer by Rush. Behind the music. Our spotlight today is on guitarist Alex Lifeson. His surname, Lifeson, is actually a stage name, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his Serbian surname. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Wow. Yeah, you'll have to go out and uh, check it Attempted. out on Wiki there. But... <laughs> <laughs> he started on the viola at a young age and switched to, guitar. <laughs> switched to guitar at age 12. His influence were Jimi Hendrix, Pete Townsend, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page, just to name a few. 
He told Vintage Guitar Magazine in 2011 that Clapton solos seemed a little easier and more approachable. I remember sitting at my record player and moving the needle back and forth to get the solo in Spoonful, but there was nothing I could do with Hendrix, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lifeson is mostly self-taught outside of about a year and a half of classical guitar uh, in high school. Uh, here's a little bit on Rush's history. In 1968, Lifeson co-founded the band that would become Rush with drummer John Rutsey, who Lifeson actually met in school, and bassist and lead vocalist Jeff Jones. Jones was uh, replaced by Getty Lee just a month later, who, according to him, suggested they recruit Lee to join because of his travel time to get to Lifeson's house. <laughs> so, <laughs> man. Nice. <laughs> what if he regrets that? But uh, Rutsey was also replaced by Neil Peart in 1974 after playing on Rush's first album due to health concerns. And of course, the lineup of Lifeson and Getty Lee and Neil Peart is what we all know of. You know, that remained yeah. untouched until 2018 when they finally uh, gave up playing. Uh, but throughout their entire history, Lifeson was only the, the only continuous member who stayed in Rush since its inception. So there's a little history behind them. Nice. Uh, Lifeson released one solo album in 1996 called Victor, which his son and wife also contributed to the album. Uh, he's also been a part of the Canadian supergroup Big Dirty Band, which he created in 1999, mainly for the purpose of providing the original soundtrack material for Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> which I've never seen that movie, so... Oh, uh, yeah. More recently, he was a part of another Canadian supergroup, Envy of None, which released one album so far in uh, April of 2022. His main guitar through the years has been the Gibson ES-335, although he has used various other Gibsons, including the 12-string Gibson B-45, which you can hear in Closer to the Heart. Uh, with Rush, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. I actually went over and watched the ceremony on YouTube. I had not seen it before. It was pretty oh, yeah. fun. Uh, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins were the inductors. Yes. And later performed just in those old white kimono stage costumes that they had from the <laughs> 70s. It's a riot, man. If you guys have not seen that, uh, Rush, their whole ceremony going into the Hall of Fame, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, as far as Tom Sawyer goes, peaked at just number 44 on the Billboard pop chart. In fact, Rush has only one single that reached the top 40 on the pop chart. That was New World Man from the Signals album in 82. Um, according wow. to Sonfax, frontman Getty Lee said the band hated this track when they first recorded it. He explained, quote, I remember being disappointed in the studio, thinking we really didn't capture the spirit of the song. We thought it was the worst song on the record at the time, but it all came together in the mix. Sometimes you don't have the uh, objectivity to know when you're doing your best work, unquote. <laughs> so, yeah, thought it was bad and uh, all came together in the mix, like he said. Wow. Let's get personal. So my first real taking to Rush was actually thanks to a CD compilation disc that I bought in the <laughs> early 90s. <laughs> called the 80s greatest rock hits arena rock uh some of what they called arena rock was suspect (laughs) 
as, much time as it always is. Yeah, so <laughs> it had on there too much time on my hands by sticks. Okay. okay. Yeah. We built this city in an arena. Loving every minute of it by mm -hmm. a lover boy. Yeah. Pat Travers, boom, boom, out goes the lights. No. <laughs> uh, Boston's Amanda, Jay Giles' band Freeze Frame, and Arcadia's Election Day. Oh my gosh. Oh, and uh, Survivor's High on You. That's what they <laughs> called Arena Rock. That sounds like an album put together by AI. Yeah, right. It was just random. But also on that disc was a true Arena Rock song, which was Tom Sawyer by Rush. Nice. And that song definitely got played the most out of any of the others. I still have that CD, by the way. Do you really? Yeah. So that was my first real introduction to them. I, I never uh, caught on to them really at all in the 80s. Yeah. Maybe maybe heard this song and some others, you know, on the radio from time to time, but never really sought them out or anything. But mm. they they pretty much remained a radio band to me until about the early 2000s when uh, I heard their hits in context with uh, moving pictures and permanent waves and signals. I went out right. and started listening to all those. And since then, I've really appreciated their music and their just their legacy overall. Um being on the road for like 40 years, over 40 years. Right. Um, and their fans are just some of the most diehard, you know, appreciative fans too. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Just even in, at that ceremony that I watched, how, uh, you know, they, they, they talk about the fans and everything. They just go nuts, man. Just nuts oh, in the yeah. crowd. They're diehard. So yeah. what about you? What's your history um, with Rush? Was, was Rush cool? When you well, were going through your metal phase. <laughs> so um, the bass player in our band in high school, uh, of course, was a huge Rush fan because of Geddy Lee. Sure. And I mean, literally, that's all he listened to. Um, and whenever we, whenever we would, you know, try to think up new songs to learn, he was always <laughs> proposing Rush songs. And we were always like, no, we're not learning that song. Um, he was just a huge Rush fan. He would try to... and. Um, I had, I, you know, I'd, I'd heard a couple songs from them, but I wasn't really a huge fan. I didn't listen to them at all, hardly, except for they had, I think at the time, maybe two videos on, on mm -hmm. TV. Um, and he would, like, he, he made me a Rush, like, greatest hits mixtape because he really wanted me to listen to them. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. Looking back, I'm like, I, I, I was an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're such a good band. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you ask my wife, it's because of Getty Lee's voice. She can't stand Rush, and when I'm listening to him in the car for on a road trip or something, yeah, and Rush song comes on, she's like, "Can you please turn this?" Yeah, I I don't know why I didn't like them. Um, I think it's just because it, you had to think too much about some of their lyrics. I mean, they're they're a thinking man's band at times. Oh sure, oh sure. Uh, and I wasn't that wasn't I wasn't about that life. <laughs> I was. About, <laughs> I was about simplicity is simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a simple man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I never really got into them. I would listen to them when he, like if he was driving, when he was playing his car or he would ask me to listen to this or that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just never became like a huge rush fan. You know? And to this day, there's still, I can, you know, I can listen to their big hits, the big songs that they have that everybody knows. But I don't think I've ever listened, sat down and listened to an entire Rush album. Wow. Start to finish. Okay. Um, 
I mean, it's a lot of concept stuff too. It so. is, which 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 again makes no sense to me because I'm a huge concept album guy. Like if you if you watched any of my videos this summer, I talked about all the concept albums I listened to on that list this summer. And again, I don't know why I didn't add a Rush album to that list this summer. Um, I guess it's just PTSD from being in high school with my buddy and the bass player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I literally don't think I've ever listened to a Rush album all the way through, including mm-hmm. movie pictures, um, which I agree is a travesty. But <laughs> at the same time, I, I haven't fixed the problem. So apparently it isn't that big of a travesty. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've just have never been, a, uh, you know, I'm just a greatest hits guy with Rush. Uh, okay. But okay. at the same time, I, I mean, I appreciate every person in that band because they're just immensely talented individuals. And uh, oh, gosh, yeah, I just have never, I just, yeah, I've just have never rectified that, that, that issue. Well, your next, you know, <clears throat> hundred albums in hundred days. <laughs> You've got to put like twenty one twelve on there. I think that was, yeah. I think that fits your time frame. I think it was seventy five or seventy six, maybe. Yeah. And moving pictures is basically one side of singles, and the other side is concept. So yeah. it's a little bit of both of what they do, in my they opinion. Do. Yeah, yeah. Definitely got to rectify that though. Mm-hmm. The breakdown. All right, so I love. The whole bridge section of this song is probably why I chose this solo in its context. Uh, first, you get that keyboard and synth setup. <laughs> you know, yes. Playing that pattern. And right towards the end of that pattern, Alex plays along with it right before his solo. And then Getty switches from the keyboards to his bass guitar while Alex is doing the solo. And the he does this real big whammy right at the beginning of the solo, which is great. Yeah. All, all his note bends and phrasing is just, oh, I love it. I can sing along to it in my head, but he still has several fast runs, like you would say, through the yeah. song. And then out of the solo, you get those four amazing drum fills by Neil right before you get back into the verse. So it that whole just middle section of the song is just so iconic to me right uh there's definitely some what i would call production work in the album version outside of what the three guys can do but if you watch them live getty lee can somehow pull off all the synth and still get jump right back on his bass without missing a beat that's true it's, it's so amazing what three three people can do um and this is, you know, again, we were t- getting in the rhythm guitar mode. We were talking about a lot of r- rhythm guitarists. Um, but I think I have more appreciation. While I, I like the, the five-man sound, you might say, mm-hmm. I think that's more 80s. But the three-person sound, too, is I, I, I think I appreciate more just because, gosh. You know, especially these guys. Especially these yeah, especially, guys. Especially these guys, yeah. Because yeah. they just can do anything and everything. Yeah. And then more on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you watch them live, you see that Getty Lee's playing something w- with his feet, too. So he's playing right, right. his Moog w- w- with his feet. That's part of the keyboard parts. And, and he's playing his bass lines, which aren't just one note. They're like, they're ridiculous bass lines. <laughs> yeah. And he's singing. So he's doing three different things at one time. I mean, it, yeah. 
And at times, Alex Lifeson is playing keyboards and he's playing his guitar. And I mean, they're just, <laughs> they're all three just immensely talented. There's that and, commercial that's going around now with uh, Travis Kelsey where he's like, I want two things at once. Well, how about 12 things at once? How about that? <laughs> that's what you're getting with these guys. But you just do it all. It's they three do guys. It, all. it sounds like five or six at times. I mean, they're, yeah. yeah. Get what you're saying yeah yeah no my favorite part of the solo is that whammy part where he just like he just, yeah, yeah just, it just gosh until, it, so until they can't make it do anything else he's just like right. it with it and just just going to town on that whammy bar that's my favorite part of the song and it always has been i just and i've, I've done that before just to try to you know, a emulate it or b or make fun of it i will just i will just uh go to town on that thing just to just to do the same thing he does yeah but i love his tone he i mean he i've seen videos of his rig rundown where he talks about all of the you know the effects and the amps and everything mm -hmm. that he uses um and I, I he's just he has a great tone it's not like over overly overdriven like like as was the norm right, yeah. in that time yeah. period but uh he just has a really a really great sound it's it's and it fits with with the rest of the band it's not you know it's not it's well, not right yeah stand out. A, he does rhythm essentially and lead as well i mean yep. it's yep. it's all him so he's got a he has that ability to solo when he and he's know, one of those guys like i think we've we've talked about like with when the guitar player drops out from playing rhythm to play lead it, there's a big hole because the rhythm's gone and there's only a couple of bands that that didn't happen to and you know like eddie van right. halen was was the main one because you can't tell when he drops out because he never drops out but alex <laughs> lifeson is the same way if you if you if you listen to i mean even the the hits that i know um if you listen he there's not like him playing rhythm than him playing lead it's all the same thing i mean he yeah. never he never yeah. takes a break he's always playing something yeah, their their songs are structured so yeah, um, unorthodox. You know, not traditional. Even this song, and they're known for doing that, where you have like perfect whatever eight timing, and then you go to like seven eight. Yeah, in that it's middle, they that change time part. signatures all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the way that they build songs is yeah. not a traditional way. So you're not. You got to kind of turn your brain off to what you and quite often <laughs> you think you're listening when to. Alex moves to play a solo type of part. Um, Getty Leap picks up the rhythm part right, on his bass. Right. I mean, so you know, there's never anything falling out or you know dropping off. They just pick up for one another, and that's that's the crazy part of them being a three piece is that they is you know even even Neil Peart he would tune his drums to the to the key of the song. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. when you got about 60 drums surrounding <laughs> you, you, you have that luxury to, yeah. to tune a few to where you need <laughs> to, to, for to certain a certain, songs. to a certain key. Yeah. 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 Just incredible. These guys. Yeah. But, all right. Well, so the uh, number six solo in our top 25 guitar solos of the eighties is from Alex Lifeson and Tom Sawyer. Some bonus songs for this episode. If you haven't listened to uh, listened to Moving Pictures, I'd Which say yes, you need <laughs> to seek it out this week. But I decided to play basically side A 
as my bonus songs. So oh my gosh, album, did you really? Yeah, so the album leads off with Tom Sawyer. Yeah. And then you get Red Barchetta, yeah. which is the song about uh, basically Car. driving yeah, driving through the countryside. Yeah. Um, really love the feel of the song. It builds. So you, you kind of, it fades up into the song after you fade out from Tom Sawyer. And it just kind of increases. It builds as you're going along. And then Alex screeches into the solo. It's so cool. <laughs> it's not terribly long, but there's a crazy effect too on his guitar. It's different from like when you listen to Tom Sawyer, Limelight on the album, but um, love it. Next up on the album is the instrumental YYZ. Have you heard this before? Yes, that I, I have heard okay. that, yeah. It just showcases the talents of all three of them. Yes. I, I love the glass breaking effect during the solo. And his solo, I don't know, when I'm hearing his solo and the, and the everybody playing, it has this almost like Indian vibe. Not, yes. like, not like Native American. I mean like from right. India. Like it's, Eastern. It has that Eastern, Eastern yeah. Eastern vibe to it, which is really cool. And the synth work is great right after the solo. Um, it's also a very fun song to play on Guitar Hero. I remember that being <laughs> one. I remember that being one when, uh, yeah, I was playing Guitar Hero in the, uh, <laughs> during my lunch break at work. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was definitely one of them. And then the final song on the front side, it's probably my favorite rough song of all time, which is Limelight. Uh, I almost chose it for the list, but I don't know. I just like that whole bridge section better in Tom Sawyer. But I love Limelight. It's got that iconic riff. I love the synthesizer in the background at certain points. You can hear it during the solo, too. And that's what I like about you know this kind of era rush with the uh, with the synth. It doesn't you you get the the patterns and you get the the presence of the synth and sometimes it just kind of is in the background so it doesn't always overpower songs you know as well but I like the uh, I like the synth on this one and I can just sing along with that entire solo it's so good <laughs> <laughs> so good I love limelight so we're gonna play the first side of moving the entire pictures. first side of moving pictures yeah in this episode beginning with tom sawyer and ending with limelight but in the back the side two is that kind of concept uh stuff which is still good but uh love all the songs on this front side so stay tuned you'll hear all those in their entirety if nice. you've got spotify premium if you got the free version you'll hear a little bit of it but otherwise just either search it out in your favorite listening app or we always provide you with the song whip links in the show notes to go click over and listen to the tracks. Yep. Uh, you can, for a little bit longer, find us on Twitter or X. We decided to go ahead and get rid of that account here not too long. So if you got any feedback you want to leave as we're finishing up season two, would love to hear it at Greatest Lists. Or we're also on YouTube. We're also on GreatestListPodcast.com. And you got comment sections there as well to... Uh, to leave your comments also in spotify too uh okay so eric will return to host the next episode our number five selection things are going to get a little scary on halloween folks i'm yes. telling you it's yes. going to be our halloween episode <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to greatest list we look forward to continuing our list of the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s on halloween you've been listening to the greatest lists 